Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie Jacob, joined by my co-host, the super veteran, Justin. Yo, what's up? Welcome back. Today, we are discussing Wano Act 2, which begins at chapter 925? Right, 925, and goes to 955. The final completed piece of One Piece. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Unless Act 3 finished <laughs> the last couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, if you count act like the acts as their own little thing, then yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We're still because I mentioned three. that. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's still going on for some reason, for whatever reason. I'm sure, I'm sure it's very short. I'm sure it's very fun. Um, but yeah, Act 2 is a lot like Act 1 in the sense that there's a lot more setup going on. To the point where it's like, there's 45 chapters of setup. So... Whatever the fuck's gonna go down in Act 3, Oda's telling you, get your pants on and get ready, because it's gonna be a wild ride. So, there's a lot of teases, a lot of setups going on. Um, Not too much worth diving into, because obviously we'll see the payout in Act 3, or later on when it finishes. But, as of right now, it starts off with a little tease that, oh, by the way, former Warlord of the Sea, Moria, is still alive. And I just went, <laughs> my least favorite warlord. I thought I thought Doflamingo took care of him. What the fuck happened? But um, and, yeah. So instead, oh yeah. But he ain't for much longer because he decides to take out his anger or go and attack Blackbeard directly. And I, I guess because he learned of like some power, someone using a power that was very similar to Absalom, or that Absalom was there, like you know the lion guy who could turn invisible. And I think it's impl- it's implying that Absalom was killed or his power was taken uh, because yeah, he was he was killed. As far for as sure? uh, no, I guess yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I guess it's not time. for sure. Actually, we assume yeah. you have to kill them to take their devil fruits. Don't actually know. That's true. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because Mori was struck by one of the one of the the prisoners that got from Impel down. And we see Blackbeard for the first time for the New World. He looks like he's living big, right? He looks like he's living strong. He's got the booty he's wanted. He's he's got his throne. He's enjoying himself. Got his own and private island. I, yeah, basically, and it's, it's one of I'm just guessing it's one of the Whitebeard's old islands. Um, the big thing though that the, the what I got from this is that besides the fact that um Moria, his power now will probably be given up to Blackbeard because Moria's Moria, is that. We got confirmation that the Revolutionary Army is attacking at the Reverie, and the Admirals are in a big fight with them right now from Blackbeard, right? Because he's 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 enjoying all this, right? He's reading the news going, oh, we're getting to the hype now. Oh, this is getting me all fired up. Oh, it's a power struggle. I love it. And at the same time... That's pretty juicy. Um, Some juicy news. Oh, yeah. And then um, a little before that, um, Perona, back up with the... Uh, with, I with want to Mihawk. say Hawkeye. Mihawk. Think I wanted to say Hawkeye so bad. And I'm like, it's not Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, I mean, um, it is. Oh, it's his title. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeye's his name is Mihawk. Listen, we watched the Spider-Man movie a few weeks ago. Marvel's fresh on my mind. I'm getting my names mixed up. It turns out to be right in this case. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then Hawkeye is telling her it's actually best time probably to leave this place because shit's about to go down. So Perona's on the move. Absalom is probably dead. Moria is either on the move escaping or likely dead, too. Um, 
it, it's obviously not implied that he dies, but it's like, dude, he's surrounded by Blackbeard's pirates. He did a stupid thing and got himself. I think that I think that was an implication that he he died because yeah. they basically he already faked out his death once. You don't reveal that that was a fake out, only to immediately do another fake out. I would hope so, but it's. Also I would hope, sh- yeah, that like I really hope he doesn't get away from this one as well. Yeah, because we At are least in the he needs to be imprisoned, right? Like, he's the yeah. But I don't. I can't. I can't understand or logically fathom why Blackbeard would capture him instead of just doing whatever yeah. he does, presumably killing him, taking his double. Fight. Yeah, Blackbeard is definitely like the no bullshit. He's an emperor, right? We've seen him before, especially by Kaido. He, they're no bullshit characters. They do not I take guess prisoners. If, if he doesn't have to kill him to take it, then maybe right, take his double three yeah. and toss him. Yeah, like you said, the assumption is the power works by on their death's door. That's how you take their power. You get the cape over them, and then you take it that way. And then Blackbeard hands it off to someone, I guess. Um, so that was a little bit of a tease, right? And that's what I was interested in, too, because everything with involving the Revolutionary Army after the Reverie, especially the Reverie itself, is incredibly interesting. But, of course, the focus right now is Wano. So, back to Wano. Uh, we have this little tense meetup where that thief... From the last act, uh, we find out he's confirmed it is Doji, Ashura Doji. Um, He's really hesitant to join because he's gone through some shit, right? He's waiting 20 years. He's trying to do a little thing on a smaller scale. And it's it's a little hesitant for him to join. He does join eventually, but he's making sure that, okay, I want you guys to look at the graves, right? Here are the samurai that did wait for your sorry asses for this long. Understand that that's why I'm bitter, and that's why we are going to try and do this. But honestly, like, this is our last struggle. This is a desperate attempt, right? So he's not, like, 100%, 110% on board, but it's, like, he's doing it because he's kind of cornered. So it's, like, okay. Not sure what that implies exactly, but we'll keep an eye on Doji, right? It was, it was rough. He went through a, a tough wait for 20 years. Everyone did, but Doji yeah. in particular was going through his own shit. Also, during this time period, uh, in the beginning of Act 2... We get introduced to, I don't know if they are number one and number two of Kaido, but they are top officers with great names. King the Wildfire and Queen the Plague. Um, great I really was. Yeah. Um, was Is Wildfire the one that is all buttoned up like a Bloodborne character? Like he's got the leather yeah, straps and like, buttons? Like, yeah. like he's a BDSM like master? Yeah. I, I was thinking steampunk personally. <laughs> steampunk guy. But that could work too. Uh, I've seen it both ways. <laughs> listen, listen, don't it's keep a little, little a little dominate <laughs> dominator you know? That's all I'm saying. Listen, if he wants to do his thing. Is that he even can the do word for thing. it? Is that is that a word? I don't uh, know. What words? <laughs> is it dominator? Is that what you would say? Do- dominator? I don't think so. Um either way, he is king, so <laughs> Right, that would, <laughs> the name implies. <laughs> yep. Um, but either way, like these two guys are such big deals that they're giving Jack the Drought like shit for recently failing at a uh, Zunisha and like just failing to get some results. And I'm just like, you're you're trashing on Jack the Drought. Like, sorry, that yeah, name is just, right. And also, it, real it quick, I, I think you say we basically do know that they're number one and two based on the card themed of Kaido, right? Okay, the king and the but queen the deck, so well, we haven't gotten the to the ace yet correct so or the joker for that matter so well, we have, the, joker was joker doflamingo right okay I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> i was thinking someone literally named joker and then i realized wait no yeah, he was called joker. title yeah. was joker yeah so i i fucked up on that one but 
there still remains is ace. We still don't have the yes, ace, yes, right? right? The ace is the ace of spades, right? If we're gonna <laughs> if they're gonna be around, they'll probably be named spade or some shit, right? Right. <laughs> like ace of spades or some shit, like something completely on the nose. But fun I'm fine fact, with that. you have to remember that's the name of Ace's original crew, right? Spade Pirates. Before he joined Whitebeard, Ace's crew was named the Spade Pirates. Hmm. Really? Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder then if they're gonna reveal some point, like if we're continuing that thing, because. Ace's actual name is Ace. He wasn't given that name by, like, a pirate later on. So I wonder if, like... And we know he has a connection to at least Otama. He was at least on the island at some point. So, I don't know. Maybe he was with Kaido at some point. It doesn't sound right, though, because he's with Whitebeard 100%. So, again, I don't know. I'm just... My brain is breaking right now because i'm thinking like that can't be two aces, right? That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, there was only only a two-year period where Ace... Right? He's two years older than Luffy, where he left the island... And then we know that two years later, basically, when Luffy met him, he was already with Whitebeard, so... Yeah, so... that long. Yeah, and we do know that at least... Uh, no, that both these officers are, in fact, very powerful. Queen holds his up again, holds up his own against an empress later on. An emperor, sorry. And uh, King is able to quickly <laughs> de-escalate a situation when Big Mom shows up to Wano much earlier than I expected... King transforms into yeah. a pterodactyl and just kicks the boat <laughs> like mid flight. Dude, climbing up oh, a waterfall. He, he literally he was like, "Not today, fam. Not yeah, to fucking day. Not not today. Not today. Not today. We got we got some other plots going on here. <laughs> so King's the real deal. Queen's the real deal. Um, Queen's actually pretty hilarious too. There's a part we'll get to later on during like the prison section where he has like like he he knows he's strong, but he also understands other people's strengths because it's of this reaction he does. But yeah, they are the real deal. But I'm still kind of looking at this because, again, Jack the Drought, you have such a great name like that. And I'm just like, man, this guy is like, they're not even treating him like he's number three. They're treating him like he's garbage. <laughs> Where is this like, man, you call yourself a warrior pirate or an animal? What's the name of the Kaido's pirates? Are they, are they the Beast Pirates? Beast Pirates. Beast Pirates. Okay. Um, you call yourself like a top tier Beast Pirate? You got one shot by an elephant, bro. <laughs> it's just like, it's not just any elephant. It's an ancient one. But yeah, so that was a real interesting setup that they had. Um, yeah, they seem they seem to be, or feel like they're quite a bit above Jack. Yeah, it's definitely, to me, a much more... It's not quite on the par of Big Mom's top officer. What was his name again? The Katakuri. Katakuri, yeah. Not quite on his part, because Katakuri seems like he's from a different series completely. But King and Queen definitely feel like, no, they're top contenders. Like, they can go to par... But that yeah, guy. Katakuri is is built different. Mm-hmm. And Luffy did defeat Katakuri, so maybe he could compete against one uh, against one of them one on one in the good situation. But we don't know yet. Um, with Act Two. So with that done, those introductions, we get a little compilation right of like the the alliance trying to maneuver their plans. Right, they're sending out flyers with the symbol on them. You have a uh, Nami spying on weapon shipments. You got Robin infiltrating banquets, and you also got, unfortunately, Sanji and Frankie getting into street fights with the Yakuza <laughs> with the area. <laughs> because listen, Sanji is just trying to serve up some grub. It just happens to attract a lot of attention, right? He doesn't mind it. Sanji loves the spotlight. Um, Yakuza doesn't like that because they have to pay the protection fee, right? And he goes, "Nah, fuck that." And no thanks. I'll protect <laughs> myself. 
Yeah, no, thank you. And we get a great scene where Frankie learned from his last fight in Dressrosa. He does a suplex off the top rail of the top building, like two stories high does a suplex. I'm just like, I love it. I'm here for Frankie all day. Um, Most importantly, though, with everyone doing their work, we get introduced to a very cute little girl named Toko. She's got wonderful jokes. She's there's a little running uh i think it's a japanese language joke where he's like oh call me like the the yeah, okay yeah i was gonna say it doesn't really make sense but so her name is toko right yeah and, and then when you she add goes, like oh. i told you this last week you kind of add an o often is like mm-hmm. a, like an honorific or and especially like an older like feudal japan they would say it a lot like like oh yeah. name right like mm-hmm. just an honorable so oh toko as yeah, she's like because uh, she's an oiran's like assistant, right? So she, I think that's why yeah. she has the O added to her name, just because of her position. And Otoko, mm. the word just means boy. Yeah, exactly. Otoko, so she goes, yeah. oh, "Oh, call me that," and then they call him, and then they call her Otoko, and then she's like, "Oh, but I'm not a boy." <laughs> so I'm just yeah, like, she's she's funny. telling like grandma jokes. So I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, you're, it's, she really is telling. Kid. She's telling a dad joke, and she like thinks it's so funny, and I think it's really cute. And because she's yeah, exactly. like, she's a daddy's girl, right? Yeah, that's the I'm idea just, that I get. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, what a sweet little thing. Especially because in that scene, we got like. Because I always, I like to frequently shit on Sanji. There was actually a very heartfelt moment where, you know, after the fight would just happen, and he was talking about, like, oh, he was sharing the food because he was trying to get all the hot girls around. But then Toko shows up, and he's like, no, he's kneeling, giving her the last of the food that's left over from all, like, the fight, right? Because all of it was spilt over. But he had just enough for one more bowl, and he gives it to Toko. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Sanji. Good guy. But, and then we got that great scene. So that was a wonderful introduction to that that's character. Mm hmm. And as you already mentioned before, the, uh, the Orin. Oiren? Yeah, 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 Komurasaki. Yeah, so, um, for those who don't know, this is a high-class prostitute. That's basically what it means. Um, at least what I understand, right? Right? It kind Uh, of... It's like an escort! It's... Right? Well, yeah. High... It's very high-class, though. It's, like, it's not... They they don't do just that service. They also like play instruments. They might dance, right? That's like... Like an entertainer. Yeah, really high-class entertainer. Yeah. Thorough. So, either way, they're so important, so prestigious, they're considered almost royalty. So, that's why when, you know, Kamurasaki is walking around, everyone's, like, fainting like she's Elvis, right? Like, oh my god, this person is so wonderful, so beautiful, oh my god. And then we even see, like, three, like, original high-class people who gave away everything they had, every penny to her, just to make her happy, or, like, to try and, quote-unquote, win her freedom. Because, yeah, she is, I think, under contract by, um... The banker guy, the foxy guy, I forgot his name. Yeah. So, um, but supposedly, I think she did win her freedom, kind of, I think. I'm not sure. But she did it in the most cruel way possible because we get that flashback with the old guy going, like, oh, I literally like sold off my home. My family has abandoned me, but I did everything this for you. And then she goes, but you gave it to me, so I'm free. Why, why do I have to yeah, pay any more attention brutal. to you? It's so fucking cruel. And then you even have, like, this last quote after the flashback going, like, I only have scorn for the poor man. I'm just like, oh, you just went to the bottom of my shit list. <laughs> or the top of my shit list. Yeah, she she really did kind of pull the ball Hancock. Like, I gotta give a shit. I'm beautiful. Yeah. I do but what she I did, And she did it through manipulation. Like, it was, it's like, um... It's like what Nami is good at, right? What manipulation, but she goes the whole 110 yards where it's oh, the hundred yards where it's just like, oh, I'm going to milk every penny out of you. And then as soon as you beg me for any attention, I'm just like, no, fuck off. Fuck you. Nami would, would at least acknowledge her there. Right. And at least appeal to a little bit. And then Cobra <laughs> Lucky is just like, no, fuck off. You're poor now. Fuck you. I got my money. Go away. Um, so I'm just like, okay. But the way that she was introduced as well, 
maybe immediately think right away because we were mentioned like, oh, Momono- Momonosuke. Oh, I have a sister. Hopefully I get to see her. And I'm just like, oh, this is her. <laughs> this is totally her. This is the sister of Momonosuke. That, that it does happened. seem to be heavily implied. Oh, absolutely. Um, It was weird, too, because the first time reading through this, the first time we see another character later on that does reveal to be the sister. And I'm just like, wait, but I thought that was Kamurasaki. Wait, what happened to her? And then the second time reading through, oh, I'm an idiot. That's the same person. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So we find out later on it is confirmed that Kamurasaki is, in fact, the sister. But this first introduction, you're just like, man, what a bitch. <laughs> like, She's I, actually I get... not like that. You know, it's not her personality. Yeah, I... mm-hmm. But I was definitely fooled. Because I'm just thinking, like, man, that oh, would yeah, be a nice too. little twist. 20 years of being, like, undercover. Or, like, you know, being under the, the corruption of Orochi. And it actually just hardened her to the point where it made her nasty. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. I can see that. That'd be a great tragedy to tell. Like, what happened to you kind of thing. Um... But yeah, that was it's a, it's a very good cover she's putting on. And after all, she's... Wait, the three people that were robbed from her, were they extremely rich or were they just normal people? Because that's another thing I'm curious about. Too, I, you know? uh, I seem to have forgotten this. I was going to ask. Maybe... I thought at some point it was revealed that they were like some kind of super evil, like, right? Or they had some kind of role in with Kaido were, and Orochi and taking over this country, but... Yeah, they were in now Wano. I don't know. They I were in downtown Wano. Yeah, they're in downtown Wano, so it tells me that at the very least, they might be at least loyalist to Orochi, but at the same time, I'm just like, well, are they loyalist because they love him, or are they doing it because it's the best way to live in Wano? So, who knows? But yeah, either way... I, I thought there was something, but I did yeah. not see it this time. Yeah, sorry for a little tangent. The long point I'm trying to say is that Kamurasaki was very good at her disguise, where I'm just like, she definitely is doing some really bad shit <laughs> to maintain her position. So I'm just like, alright, alright. Um, we also get to see a bit more of Orochi, right? We see what he looks like. Straight up looks like a villain from a Studio Ghibli film, right? He looks oh, very yeah. caricatured. Why? That's a good comparison. He's got, mm-hmm. He's got, like, the classic yet, like, small, like, side stashes. I don't know what the name for that is, where it's, like, um, you kind of, like, shave, like, the inside part of your mustache, or you have, like, hairs on the outside of your lips. Right, it's go- like the old, uh... I tend to think of black and white villain films of having that kind of mustache. Mm-hmm. Very classic kind of thing. Um, and like I said, he just looks like a caricature through and through. And he is straight up talking to CP0. And I actually do like where they don't try to remind you that that's a CP0. It's like, listen, you, you know the mass. Either you know or you don't. And he's just talking to them straight up. He, I think he even shoots one of them going, all right, I know you guys are needing weapons and I'm going through a hiccup right now. But here's the thing. I know you guys are relying on me. I got Kaido backing me up. Funny how he thinks that. But either way, he's thinking, like, you know, Kaido's backing me up. You guys have to do what I want to do. I want Vegapunk to come here with a weapons trade. I'm just like, please, I want to see Vegapunk finally after all this time. That would be a great excuse. The teases are, they're getting more and more frequent as the series goes on, and my anticipation is built to a level where it is very hard to contain. Absolutely. I want Vegapunk, so, and I want him now. Yeah, exactly, because you got the most corrupt dude, Orochi, who's loving this, thinking, you know, he's so uh, narcissistic that he thinks Kaido's working for him and not the other way around. Because I always saw it, and I think we all see this, is Orochi is a puppet to Kaido, right? Kaido, Orochi is the puppet that allows Kaido to control Wano while he right, gets to but, drink but a lot Orochi of Orochi thinks they're partners. Mm, exactly. Or... I, the way I saw it, the way he was talking, that Orochi thought Kaido was serving him. <laughs> like, he was that full of himself. 
that's what I interpret it as. I can um, see that. Yeah, but cocky son of a gun. Yeah, so he's thinking like, okay, he works for me at best. We're partners, but at the same time, thinking like, Orochi, you are nowhere close to being partners. Kaido could just end you with a thought if you wanted to. At least that's what I thought up until we actually see Orochi's power, and it's like, okay, this guy's actually got a pretty legit power. Like, there's a reason why people fear him in some way. He's got um like this. Uh, multi-headed like a hydra. Yamata no Orochi, which is basically a hydra, yeah. Yeah, a Japanese hydra or a spiritual hydra. Um, we get to see that a little later where he loses his temper. Um, what I also like during this banquet scene is that you see that although he is one in power, he doesn't quite have the respect of the royalty because he goes off about like you know the 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 twenty year prophecy about how it's supposed to be here. We're getting ready. And then everyone's like, oh, this guy's so full of shit. It's so hilarious. This guy's so right. They're like, oh, oh my God. They're, they're yeah, talking shit about shit. him behind his back. Yeah, they're talking shit about him. So I'm just like, okay, so Orochi is basically ruling through fear and power because whatever he's actually saying, people are like, oh, he's so full of shit. But as soon as he starts displaying power, people are immediately, you know, are banging the knee going, okay, no, 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 you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to deal with that. We're going to deal with that. Um, Especially because we see his secret police, basically. We see the uh, Oniwaban... Obi-Waman? Oni, Oni, Oniwabanshu. <laughs> Thank you. The ninjas. <laughs> yeah, the ninjas, the secret service. Um, where, unfortunately, we get introduced to them because Robin's doing her thing, right? She's trying to get some information, trying to get to see where the Poneglyph is, maybe some other details. And unfortunately, the ninjas um, uh, snoop her out. And luckily, we uh, she uses a clone. She gets out of there. Uh, but, of course, it kind of ruins the banquet a little bit. A little bit, right? Because the ninja are like trying to keep it quiet, like hush hush, like just put in the background. We, they don't, the, the guests don't know about this yeah, yet. Yeah, that that's a disturbance. That's not what ruins the banquet. <laughs> oh, absolutely not, right? You would think it'd be Robin and Brooke because they're both trying to infiltrate, but instead it's our, you know, father jokes, grandma joke crack, and little girl Toko. Where during Orochi's quote unquote paranoid banquet, she is just laughing her ass off crying going oh my god uh and, and we're just like Ooh. <laughs> yeah. oh no but we do get a pretty boss ass scene to protect toko in which we thought right with our introduction with kamurasaki i thought she was just to be a big bitch and she just straight up just slaps orochi going how dare you threaten to kill this girl orochi goes bend the knee and i might let you live for just slapping your daimyo your shogun, and she goes, I'm related to a samurai. I'm going to take my punishment standing. And I'm just like, damn! Okay, right. wait. I'm getting mixed feelings now. <laughs> that That's red as well. Like, where that she said that quote, the page was, that was a beautiful page. Oh, absolutely. Just standing her ground. And then that's when shit starts getting a little out of care, out of whack, right? You got Roshi going into the forum. He's attacking people. Brooke is trying to do everything to assist the escape of Robin and Toko. And then we see, um, again, the, the foxy banky guy, the bank guy, the money then, handler. What, what's his name? Uh, I That's what I'm asking. I don't remember his name. <laughs> um, wow, it's escaping me as well, but I, I know exactly who you're talking about. And so yeah. is everyone listening, hopefully. In the middle of the chaos, he still does this execution. And I was completely th- thrown off the first time through. Because, again, the first time through, I didn't realize. Because I thought that this character actually died right here. And I thought the person we see later was a different character. I was convinced this was an actual death for some reason. But yeah, this somehow, we see this staged execution, and she goes, like I said, I'm going to take it, like a, like a samurai would, and then you just see her cut her down, and I'm just going, wait, we got a really complex character here where she's like a bitch against like these other guys, but she also has this 
you know, the samurai code of ethics, right? So it's like, okay, wait, what's going on here? She's just killed off. Okay, I thought she was supposed to be like this really high, high-ranked uh, orderin, and then and that had other implications because if that guy was supposedly the one who executed her, and she didn't end up dying, and we end up finding out later she's Momonosuke's sister, is he possibly the spy helping out the alliance? Because they had implications that there might be a spy that's helping out, like a spy for both sides, right? There's a spy spying on the Luffy side and then there's a spy spying on uh, Orochi. Right. We know for sure that there's a spy on our side Mm -hmm. and we do not know where I think the ninth scabbard is, right? Yeah. So that tells me that this guy might be him because, and I was actually glad you brought that up because the- Kyoshiro, that's his name. That was the the fox guy name? Okay. Yeah. The guy that so for, killed, quote-unquote, Komurasaki. Yeah. So that tells me instead that's not actually his name. He's, in, in fact, actually the, the ninth scabbard, as you mentioned. Because by the end of this, we have all the scabbards on board except for one. So that tells me that might be the spy on the inside. It could be a new character, but that t- the way that we see him as well later on, like there's a scene later on where there's a fight between him and Zoro, and Zoro's actually surprised he's actually holding his ground, and I'm like... Okay, wait, if this is supposed to be that character, he might be that ninth red scabbard. That, that was right? a very popular theory around this time. Mm-hmm. Especially because now we know that, yeah, she didn't actually die. But it was enough of a cover to fake her death and make Orochi and everyone else think that, oh, we just killed off one of the most beloved people of Wano. Oh, shit, we got to hold a funeral. So during all this trauma going on, right, where Straw has to escape, we do get this pretty funny humble brag scene where... Robin and Brooke are just like, I didn't get much info, but I got their SSN, their credit card number, bank account number, favorite hobbies, <laughs> house keys. I got all this stuff. I didn't get what I wanted. Everyone's like, This is where okay. he likes to hang out. This is where his girlfriend lives. Uh, yeah, all his childhood memory is what his mother's maiden name is. Like, okay, we get it. You actually did your job, but you just didn't get the actual info we needed. Like, for example, Brooke, he did find out, in fact, that Orochi did have a pomoglyph in his residence or in his, like, his like his uh, bunker or something. However, it's not the road Pondoglyph they're looking for. And their overall consensus, their conclusion is it's likely on this island. Like this, because, you know, Wano is like Japan. It's like a little archipelago. Um, yeah. It's probably on Oniga- Onigashima. Onigashima. Yep. And I'm just thinking, if there's going to be a finale, it's going to be on that fucking island, if anything. Goddamn. So, Onigashima is the name to be aware of, that location. Um, we get a little montage of Frankie doing his bit, right? He's trying to find blueprints to the mansion, trying to get like a layout of the area. Uh, you have a moment where his favorite foreman, unfortunately, has to fire him, and he goes, fuck you, I quit first, <laughs> kind of moment. Um, Frankie's just funny during this montage. And also, uh, uh, another relevant fun fact about Onigashima is that it's the the island of ogres from like a really famous Japanese folk tale. Basically, mm. mean, meaning island of ogres. So they oh, that might explain. Uh, uh, coincidentally, the the hero in that folktale named Momotaro. Momotaro. So, hmm. Yeah. So. Ah, and that actually explained where the numbers came from. We'll talk about the numbers a bit later on, but they look like the ogres from the tale. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out. So Frank unfortunately hits a, a wall. We kind of get the implication that the plan is starting to falter apart because they're not getting all the info they need. They're not getting the recruits they're hoping for, especially because Orochi is getting very paranoid. He's starting to arrest people. Cause again, he has a spy as well. So they're starting to arrest people who have the symbol on their ankle. 
um, even if they're just brand new people that just thought it was cool or, you know, like they were a part of the cause, but they're not like, you know, top ranked uh, agents or anything. They're like, you know, young people like trying to make a difference and they just get arrested right away. Um, things aren't going as well. Frankie hits, like I mentioned, he doesn't find the blueprints. He goes through this whole like half chapters worth of like a montage of him going to place to place. And people going like, oh yeah, I sold it to that guy. Oh, I had it, but then this guy sold it. Oh, I did steal it, but then this guy took it because I got in trouble. And, you know, it kept going on and on and he hits a roadblock. Um, <laughs> law, uh, Trafalgar Law, right? He's doing everything he can to try and keep everyone under wraps because Straw Hats are not doing a very good job staying subtle, right? We mentioned Sanji earlier getting into a huge fight with the Yakuza. Um, but then he hits a hiccup too because then his crew gets arrested by Orochi. Right? So then we have this going down. Law's working overtime. He's probably losing years off his life. Poor dude from stress. <laughs> and <laughs> he has to deal with that shit. And then also earlier than I expected, um, we get a second fight with Sanji in the streets because, you know, the off- some other officers come in. We see uh, Page One and Hawkins, right? That's his name? The, uh-huh. the uh, card guy. They show up. They corner Sanji, and Sanji, you know, showing a bit of growth, right? Swallowing this pride and going, "No, I'm going to use this uh, bracelet from that I got from the my brother from the uh, German six six. Yeah. And suit, I'm raid suit, raid suit. Thank you. That was the name for it. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking power armor. <laughs> um, a transformation sequence, right? He gets the cape. He gets the whole thing going on. And I'm just thinking, like, I don't like the look on Sanji <laughs> in a good way. Because Sanji is not Jerma, right? right? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't, so it doesn't like fit him quite right, you know? Yeah, the sunglasses, the cape. Uh, the cape looks fine. It's the sunglasses and I think the headgear. Like It didn't look good on him because I'm just, I remind of his brothers. But in a, like I said, it's in a good way because I'm just like, yeah, you're not Jerma. But this is a disguise and it does help you fight better. As we can see, it helps him with uh, his speed, his strength. And unfortunately, gives him stealth tactics, stealth abilities. Of course. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, how do you feel about Stealth Black? <laughs> so, um, I get it. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I feel too. It's unfortunately just one of those things where, again, I want Sanji to grow as a character, and little things like this were great. But then it's like, but then you're rewarding him immediately, and he reverts back to his old character immediately. So he's like, oh, I got Stealth Tactics. Oh, I got what I wanted, baby. I'm heading to the bathhouses. I'm just like, motherfucker, just... Ugh. And they even show us that flashback back from Thriller Bark. Like, arguably the worst part oh, of dude, Sanji's character. Right. I, that like, was a little, like, you're actually going to show me this flashback? Yeah. So I, I think, think I mentioned... This is an important, like, backstory like, that needs to be, you know? Yeah, they're reminded to us. So I was just thinking, like, well, on one hand, Oda's being consistent, right? So it's like, it might be a bad part, but I have to be consistent with the character. Maybe he has something planned. Again, like it's, it's just one of those like really depraving things where I'm just like, I really wish he got over this in the last arc. Or again, slowly, but because of this new tech, he's being rewarded for it. When I was just thinking, hey, he's swallowing his pride. He's doing, he's doing the tech upgrade right away. Okay, cool, 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 cool. And then that happens. I'm just like, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cool, 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 cool. Like, panicking cool. <laughs> Where I'm just like, oh, oh boy, oh, jeez. But uh, we get a quick fight, right? We see page one. He's not the one that turned into a T-Rex, right? Was he the one that turned into a crocodile kind of guy? Um, That was page one, right? Yeah, the Spinosaurus. 
Oh, okay, never mind. I think it was my, it might have been multiple forms then, because there was a part where page one, like, like takes off his jacket like Yakuza style, and then he actually has a really sick look where he looks like Killer Croc from DC Comics, but he's got, like, the, the slacks on. The jeans. Right, that, like, his hybrid form, actually, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, that's actually a sick look. But he does look really cool in hybrid, but he still got yeah. wiped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He got fucking wiped the floor easily with Sanji. I also, I really do appreciate, like, I like uh, the line that Sanji was saying there. Because I think it was Law that was telling him, like, no, we can't, you know, don't be doing this fight. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing that. And he's like, you know, like, it, it would be really good. Like, I know we need to collect our allies. And, like, that's really important. But it would also just be really nice if we had less enemies. And then he just mm-hmm. proceeds to kick page one's ass. <laughs> and I loved that. And to his credit, he does it in a disguise. To his credit. Because everyone on the island doesn't see him as Sanji. They see him as, like you said, Stealth Black. So it's like, oh, we have this uh, no, third no, no, party no. guy. Correction, they see him as Soba Mask. Soba Mask. Really? I thought it was... It might have been my version. It might have been my version. They, they kept referring that, to my Stealth that's Black. That's the name that, that he gave himself. Like at the end oh, of the joke. Okay, so okay. come on, man. Come on. Oh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying the because the villains, they're the villains. The antagonists, they're all saying, like, no, that's stealth black. We gotta get him. Yeah, so that's my, the real name of it, but yeah, Mask is a joke that he came up with. Yeah. So point being is that yeah, they're going after him, right? They're diverting their resources, like, oh, we got this superhero guy coming after us. Oh man, we gotta take care of him. Um, but unfortunately, like I mentioned, he goes to the bathhouses, so that's that. Um We'll get to that eventually. But a little thing we forgot to mention last episode is what Zoro was doing at the end of it. Because Zoro wasn't there during the Kaido fiasco. He split off early to look for ships for the group to use, right? For the raid. And in his travels, he runs into a character named uh, Tonoyasu. Where, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Um, And then he's, it's a very weird dude that I admit the first time I saw him, I thought thought this was this guy was shady as fuck i thought he he looks like tingle from the legend of zelda where i'm just like he's too friendly and you're just like okay there's gotta be something off right but just like legend of zelda there's nothing really off with tingle he's just helpful right but i can't help but feel a little suspicious about him and he looks a little suspicious i guess yeah yeah, especially when they're talking about, like, a possible spy, because they find out that their symbol was found out by Orochi. And then the next panel, we see Tony Yasu talking about, like, oh, you guys are having a meeting here, right? While smiling, and I'm just like, oh, this guy's the fucking bad spy, right? I thought it was that simple. But it turns out, hell no, he's the opposite. He's actually, in fact, considered so helpful that he's a saint to this town of Ibisu uh, on the outskirts of Wano. This unfortunate town where everyone is seemingly like very happy right despite the fact that they're incredibly poor they're old they're going through a bunch of shit but tony yasu is helping out people all the time with money we don't know where he's getting we find out Uh later that he's getting it from his daughter toko right he has a daughter named toko who's getting her payment and sending it to her father but he's a charitable person helping everyone he's using that money to help everyone so I'm like, okay. So it's not even like a Robin Hood deal. It's just like, no, he's using his money to not feed himself, but to actually help everyone else going through their troubles. And we get this touching story of like, oh, so I got, I was wrong. <laughs> I was completely wrong. I thought this weird, suspicious looking guy was actually a very nice guy. He's so nice, in fact, that when uh, two other members of the Alliance, I think it was, what's the guy's name? The guy who can paint uh, figures to life. And uh, Konoichi, I think, 
or the the ninja they were they were talking to tony Osio and they're just like yeah he seemed to know us but we just we didn't know who he was <laughs> so it kept on that little fiasco of like wow this guy is so friendly oh my gosh it's like, um it's riso and conjuro by the way oh, okay thank you thank you um conjuro okay god Again, there's so many names, but Kondro, yeah. sh- I should know. But Kondro's, Kondro's been around for a while now. But he's been in the background. Even Address Rosa when they got yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. He hasn't, like, he hasn't had a really like big part in, until here, and even here his part's not that big. So, Yeah, fortunately for me, I, I refer to him as, oh, he's not Sai. He's not Sai from Naruto. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's his own guy. I just don't know who he is. <laughs> um, unfortunately, though, after we learn about Oh, and there's a little tidbit they drop they drop here that I'm not sure how important it'll be relevant relevant later on, but it kind of feels like it is. Is Monosuke is overheard shouting like Sonachi as he's striking while he's strike he's pra- you know he's, right. tra- he's practicing, and then he has uh, other people Kiku. telling him Kiku, thank you. Um, do not say that. We don't know exactly why. It doesn't seem like it's incredibly taboo or like forbidden. It definitely just seems like. It's a real, like almost like a spiritual thing where it's like you can only say it during like a certain time, yeah. like a, a certain special moment. It's a little unclear, but regardless, she's telling you know the future shogun or hopefully the future shogun, do not say that. But he learned it from Zoro, and he learned it from his training teacher. Oh, so we're going. What's going on? <laughs> That's What's this confusing. Connection? Yeah, it's an excuse to give Zoro a bit more backstory because, as we agree, Zoro had, unfortunately, the weakest backstory because, you know, One Piece had to start somewhere. It, and, I mean, it wasn't even a full chapter. And it wasn't. And, hey, Oda, One Piece had to start somewhere. But this is a good excuse. Now, good times ever, right? Last arc, we got Sanji with his expansion, his background. But now it's like, you know, let's actually add some to characters that we've let, like we've kind of skirted around in the past. Like, Zoro's a fan favorite. But it's it's time he's gotten some expansions to do a little bit more details in his background. Yeah, could, so, could be hinting at that. Exactly. So that's what I'm excited for at some point. I don't know when they'll fit it in though, excited. because Act Two and One have been building up for this big action kinda, sequence. Kind of nonstop, they build up to this climax <laughs> incoming. Yeah, and there's still all these little tidbits here and there. So it might be within the action. It might be in the breaks in between. Who knows? Um, and then we get to this really unfortunate part. That, uh, like we mentioned earlier, uh, King of the Wildfire, he stops Big Mom and her crew from climbing up the waterfall without, you know, without some trouble. My Big Mom washes up on shore. We find uh, Chopper with uh, some others. I think Otama was one of them. Uh, the little uh, girl. We thought she died yeah, in the last arc. I think arc. he's with, like, Tama, Kiku, and someone. Is that yeah. it, actually? It might be in. I, I remember Tama, and that's it. Um, unfortunately, uh... Big Mom got has amnesia. She hit her head, and she forgot. But she doesn't want to talk. But you know, I'll be honest. I fucking hate amnesia as a trope in writing. I fucking hate it. So I, I do too. Yeah, it's so almost I, never used like in a really good way or meaningful way. No, it's never creative. It's at best, even especially in this one, it's to delay a plot point. Right. Yep. Um, I mentioned earlier that we watched the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, there's an older Spider-Man movie that had this exact same trope use, and I think it was the worst part of that movie. There was, I'm not going to say, just in case, spoilers, right, for old Spider-Man right. 3, I'm not going to say exactly, but there is an amnesia plot point that delays a certain character's arc until, like, the mid or end of the movie because we got all this other shit going on, and I'm just like, 
it's not really used creatively in any way. Instead, it's just used to like create artificial drama and delay the inevitable to make like this boiling point. But it's so predictable when it happens, and I'm just like, eh, I, I wasn't a fan. Luckily, though, it's wrapped up within the same act, so I can say there's a little bit of a hope I have. So I'll, I'll get to it at the end of the prison arc, I guess, because what happens is Chopper and their segment, they kind of befriend Big Mom, right? Because she's friendly, right? But she's still really hungry, right? She's kind of like how she was back at the orphanage, where she's just like... Oh, just give me food, right? I just want food. I'm I'm not I'm not this emperor. I just she's super strong still, but she does she's not her same personality. And they kind of lead her towards the prison that Luffy is being held at. So I'm like, okay, that kind of works because you're not just using it to delay an inevitable because we know Big Mom is going to be a villain. In a, in a, in a major I, I think I would have liked that a lot more if if as soon as she saw Luffy, she just snapped back, you know, <laughs> yeah, him, like I'm pissed off immediately. Yeah. So, speaking of Luffy in the prison, we can kind of summarize this sequence down. There's a lot of highlights in this, but there's a lot going on. But you, I feel like we can kind of summarize this pretty well. Um, it starts off really funny, right? Luffy is actually kind of getting along in the prison a little bit too well. Because the way that the prison works is how much work you do, you get fed. So, Luffy and Kid are having this personal competition to do the most work to get fat from prison food. And I'm just thinking, like, even in prison, Luffy finds a way to just be competitive, eat, have his own thing. Um, we learned that kid lost an arm. I think we learned that earlier, but it hit me finally in this arc. That, yeah, oh, we, shit, we've seen it, I think, before that he didn't yeah. have an arm. Yeah, in this, in this arc, though, this act, it definitely hit me that he lost an arm. So, like, oh, shit, okay, he took some fucking damage. Um, Luffy does befriend a friendly, old, innocent prisoner named Hio. He has no special background he's just a friendly old man yep, totally just, ki- just a normal random old man just kidding he was the old head of the yakuza <laughs> kind of, of course a, he was of course he was it just happens and he just happens also to be humbled because he's in prison and he prevents luffy he's like oh you're actually a, a nice force to be reckoned with but that's not the main point the main point is that this old dude this old boss he almost serves as a yoda figure for Luffy, literally, because he's like a tiny dude like on his back at one point, I yeah, think. I'm, I honestly think that is a Star Wars reference, definitively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I could be misremembering it, but there's a part where he says, do or do not, there is no try. I could be wrong about that, but I like to imagine he said that at one point I think Luffy. there's a there's a paraphrasable <laughs> quote there that says basically if, the same thing. Yeah, if, if there was an, ever an English dub to this point, they would be unapologetic and have Hio say something very similar to that. When he's teaching Luffy um, a very unique perspective. They're not perspective. there yet, but they have a chance. Yeah, they have a very unique perspective. Sorry. So Hio was, while all these events are going on, right? I'm kind of speedrunning through these prison segments. I hope you forgive me for that. But To be honest, I completely do because it's just, it's a training montage. It's yeah. cool. But, like, the most relevant information is the stuff we learn about the hockey, I guess. Yeah. Right? So That's it's the most a... interesting stuff to me. And Kawamatsu is interesting as well. Yeah. So there was definitely a part where I know that um, we were told in the past, right, that you can use armament for offense as well. But we were just told that. We were never shown that. Not even, like, a visual aid. In this case, we actually got a visual aid, and it made so much sense to me with that little panel. I kind of don't like it when shonen give you like a visual aid all the time like that because i would i rather us like see it in the now rather than like in a little you know diagram in the background but i do admit this really did help me a lot 
uh, when they showed like the like the the hockey fist with like a, a magical field around the arm, so that when you're punching objects or even people, uh, it disintegrates before you even make contact because it kind of works like a like a almost like a uh, those blades from Metal Gear, right? Where it's it's constantly the high vibration, like a vibrating blade, yeah, the yeah, or blades. yeah, or like a shield, like in any sci-fi series. So yeah. when I saw it, it was like, oh, so literally the shield you're creating is so powerful that you can literally use it to maintain a field and be offensive at the same time. So I'm imagining like, if you've guys seen the recent Dune movie, you've seen like the shield generators they wear, where it, it kind of glows around them. And I'm picturing like, no, you kind of reverse engineer that shield and make it on the whole time so that when you're punching people, it feels like they're getting disintegrated by the shield itself and your object that right, you're fighting yeah, with yeah. or your fist. That's like, yeah, that, that's a good way of saying it, I think. Yeah, so I thought that was a really good way of displaying that. And they do show that Luffy is learning this. He's not the best at it because he does have like this competition where he's wearing like a like a slave collar, like an explosive collar. Um, but he's having fun training <laughs> because they're against like random <laughs> goons. But eventually it gets so bad where, hey, Big Mom is here. And, uh, well, Luffy can't keep his mouth shut because he was very open about, like, yeah, I had all the, what did he eat? It was, like, dumplings. Oshiroko. It was Oshiroko, right? Oh, I, no, 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 I, that was earlier. That's the red bean soup. That I, I, I honestly forget, but it was the food that she was yearning for, right? Because, again, I think that's what had... it was, actually. I'm pretty sure it's red bean soup again. Because there's, like, okay. every time everyone's eating in this arc, like, the only food they ever mentioned by name, I'm pretty sure, seems like it's red bean soup. <laughs> Okay. Well, regardless, um, unfortunately, Big Mom did have amnesia, but she still has her hunker tantrums. Because, again, she's, like, back to being where she was a little girl. And immediately, she's like, who ate? Like, she's going to the bowl, right? The cauldron, and it's empty. She's like, who ate all the food? Because she smells it. And Luffy's like, man, that reminds me of that food I ate earlier. That was so good. Wait, but, actually, in what? this case, I think you might be right. It was dumplings, wasn't it? Was it dumplings? Or like that I don't, I don't, I don't know. I've completely forgotten, and I can't for the life <laughs> of me remember what was inside that giant pot. I feel like the exact food is not that important. What's important is that it's this is the first not. time. Yeah. <laughs> What's important is that this is the first time Luffy realizes he said some shit out loud about like food, because you know in the past, whenever he's by himself, he's always talking out loud. He's never thinking in his thoughts like you know Chopper or like a traditional shonen. And uh, protagonist would. He's talking to himself out loud. This is the first time where he's looking over to Heo Panky going, Shit, did I just say that out loud in front of Big Mom? <laughs> and Heo goes, Yeah, you did, you fucker. Now she's coming for us. And Even then we Luffy have this recognizes that was a terrible idea. And that's saying yeah. something. Yeah, and that's actually like progression of growth in his own way because he's like panicking on the spot going, Shit, I shouldn't have said that in front of Big Mom. We're still wearing these explosive collars. We have a range where we step out of the ring, they explode, and we die. And Big Mom is kind of coming at us right now, and we're kind of fucked. However, he does master the hockey to a point where he can recreate what Rayleigh did all the way back at Shibodi with a cannon, okay. right? That was her name? Yep. Where he was able to rip off her explosive collar without it going off. Or at least not until later. Because it, he was using that field that we mentioned to disintegrate the collar itself rather than activating it. Or using pure strength, right, to rip it apart. So it's like, oh, okay, so rather than using pure strength, you now have a disintegration uh, added to it. And that could be anyone who can master armament. So I'm like, all right, cool. And Luffy is so confident, right? He got the collar off. Like, you know what? I'm going to punch Big Mom so hard. I'm going to master it. And fuck no. <laughs> and he and <laughs> nope. Hio get 
bitch slaps so hard into the wall. It is like uh like a Looney Tunes moment where they're just like perfect ninety degree angle, just sticking out of the wall, <laughs> like yeah. darts on a dartboard. And I'm just like, you got a long way to go, Luffy. <laughs> mm-hmm. One step but at hey, a time. One step at a time. Um, I mentioned that the amnesia side plot was absolved, and I do mean it because she has a run in with Queen, and because Queen was there at the prison and. Queen was like, like, wait, this is Empress of the Sea, or Emperor of the Sea, but I, I'm actually doing okay right now. I'm getting, I'm getting thrown around, but I'm not dying right away. He does like this crazy attack that lands right on her skull. It knocks her memory back. And then she goes, and then Queen gets like, oh shit, oh fuck, oh shit, no, 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 no. He literally has a nope, yeah, a nope, nope, nope moment. And I'm just like, all right, Queen is strong, but he also understands his strength, and I and he's clearly that. also very intelligent because he was he was out of there immediately. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, they- I do not want those hands. I'm I'm dipping. Yeah, there is a part where they manage to tie her up and I think knock her out. I forget exactly how, but uh, right, Queen they get her tied up in sea stone and like he throws her onto a boat and. Yeah, and then they go to Kaido, right? Because Kaido exactly. said, no, I don't, like, want, I don't want her here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of just, and then Queen is just like, all right, I'm just getting her out of here. Get her there as fast as possible. I don't want her waking up. I know we got her in sea prison cuffs. I'm not taking that chance. Let's get the fuck out of here. And that Give leaves her the all prison. the sleeping drugs we have in this prison and let's go. We're out. Yep. And that leaves the prison completely understaffed. So, and they use the opportunity and we get uh, a breakout going on. Um, I know I'm skipping a lot of details, but like I said, I'm kind of skipping over a little bit. It, it, is... I do like that section a lot, but like, yeah, in hindsight, you know, it's not. All yeah, relevant. it might be relevant later on because we see these same prisoners later on that have like their hopes like kind of skewed. It does a little bit of world building where the prisoners are so devoid of hope that they're actually listening to the prison officers to restrain Luffy temporarily because they have like, dude, we are so fucked that we just might as well obey the prisoners of uh, the officers so that we at least the guards so we have a little bit of longer li- lifetime because if we try to help you, we're gonna die a slow and painful death by this by, by this plague guy, this virus guy who's injecting COVID into you. <laughs> just people just dying. Cause I forget that officer, that guard's name, but he has like, like an evil chopper where he's just like putting, uh, um, making like a uh, plague bullets. Um, I don't want to say plague cause I'm getting mixed up with queen, the plague, but it kind of makes sense that queen, the plague would have this guy as a guard. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's implied that he made them. Yeah. But this guy was firing at the, uh, uh these other prisoners and Luffy was able to win their, uh, minds over, by literally, like, hugging them over, like, in a group hug as he's getting sick himself. But he's, like, going, like, this ain't shit, dude. Fight Kaido and win, and you have a chance at freedom. I was like, that's actually a really hype moment. It's a pretty good moment. Um, <laughs> so I, I, but I love at the end where, no, he still got sick from it. <laughs> that, that poison immunity that he had is very specific that we're learning more and more. Because this is, like, that got him pretty good. Um, if anything, if anything, that made it, it made him affected more slowly compared to the other prisoners because the other prisoners were like going down fast, right? Well, Luffy was able to hold his own for a bit longer, probably because the immune system, probably because he was strong. But either way, he does go down eventually. Uh, Chopper is able to treat him and the prisoners, um, and then they are able to, you know, release the prisoners. They get a lot of them on board as well when because they're not completely on board with Luffy, right? Because he's just a, a nobody. He's an outsider. But they see Momonosuke later on, and they go, oh, you're the son, right? You're the son. Right, Momo uh, was with Chopper. That's the other person. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, it shit. It was Kiku, the... Utama, and Momo. Okay. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And 
yeah, they see Momo, and the prisoners go, oh, shit, we might have a chance, because they saw Odin, right? He's still kind of in the shadow of his father, but at the same time, it's like, no, we have some hope, because they respected Odin. So that's how they're able to get the prisoners on board and get their numbers up. Uh, they also got the Yakuza on their, all the old guys, right? The old Yakuza on their side, not the new ones. Yeah, so they, they did, uh, they managed to bolster their numbers here, which that's very important. That's yes. Um, we also learn that, uh, Kamazo, who is Kid's second in command, he got fucked over. We don't know at this point. We don't know. I, th- I think, no, I think we as a reader Wait, know why Kamazo? at this point. That's his name, right? Kamazo? That's what no, I mean. No, no, that, that's a different person. Ah, shit, I fucked up. Kama- Kamazo is, uh, the Robin Hood like figure, I believe, right? I thought, uh, hmm, because I know there's a kid second in command is named Killer. Killer, okay. Killer, Um, My bad. Sorry, guys. Uh, I thought that, well, yeah, so Killer, he was basically like this Grim Reaper bandit legend that was going around, and- Oh, wait, no, no, you are right, and I am wrong. Kamazo was the fake name Killer was using. You're right. Oh, okay, okay. The other guy is (laughs) Ushimitsu Kozo. That's the Robin Hood figure. Okay, okay. Okay. So, yeah, so Kid, uh, he's trying to figure out what happened to Kamazo. At this point, we, the reader, we know, but we're going to get there later. Killer, say the... Killer. Killer's his real name. <laughs> killer? <laughs> Kamazo's the fake name. Killer's the real name. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Killer um, is stuck, like, in this Joker state where he's constantly smiling. We, the reader, know. Oh, notice... yeah, he, he, he ate a fake fruit, yeah. Yeah, so or we, the readers... fruit. Yeah, so we the readers, we know what happened at this point, but for the sake of our structure that we're trying to go through, we're going to mention it a little later. But Kid's trying to find out exactly what happened and how to fix it, right? So he's not going to join the Alliance. He's soloing it for now. So he might come back later on, right, during the big fight to get some revenge on Kaido. Or he might just flee, flee, because he knows how strong Kaido is, and he's trying to just fix uh, his, uh, his first mate. Um, we also learned that, uh, Che Guevara is here. Sorry, Caribou is here. Uh, I don't know how, don't know why, but he's here. Uh, I don't know how he relevant is. he will be, because he's kind of a weird character, I'll be honest. When we, we first saw him at Fishman Island, I thought he was disgusting, and he didn't really add anything. And then he becomes Che Guevara to the Revolutionary Army, and I'm just but, like, or uh, pretends to be. Oda is refusing to let us forget about this character. Yeah, there's something about... Like, I don't know why. It, 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 again, maybe because that he took off that new role, like I said, as that inspirational leader, even though he's not really him, he pretended to be him. Um, maybe he'll actually fulfill that role. Either way, he got caught by Kaido and he's here. Um, so he'll, I guess he's a part of the alliance, whether he wants to or not, because Caribou's playing nice-nice right now because he realizes he's out of his game. Um, we kind of learn a little world tidbit that hockey in Wano is called, like, Ryo, I think, or Ryu? Ryo? Mm, Ryo. Um, Ryo. Um, a little detail. Uh, we kind of glossed over this character. Sorry, but I, I'm guessing this is. I I feel like this character is kind of popular. Sorry, uh, we didn't mention him until now. Kawamatsu, he was the guy in the prison. Um, and uh, he's a frog, yeah. or or you know, Twitch chat Kappa. <laughs> Sorry, it's the it's the whole like uh cultural osmosis thing where it's like I see Kappa as an emotion emoticon that you use on Twitch chat, but it's like right. no, it, it it's literally a, a spiritual frog. It's a, it, it, that's the actual Kappa, so I had to tell yeah, myself Kappa, that. Yeah, Kappa, it's like, like, old, like yeah. a demon-ish kind of figure, monster. Yeah. Basically I just, looks like Kalamatsu does. So Yeah, and he's a pretty cool dude. Uh, he was uh, the shadowy figure in the cell, and 
Yeah, Big Mom and oh, Queen escorts Big Mom, right? And then after a very quick clash of conquerors, right, where they had they fought for like really rough for like an hour, then they got drunk together and became allies. <laughs> yeah, a couple chapters later. So they uh Big Mom and Kaido are officially allies until, you know, the alliance the the Luffy alliance is dealt with. So that's a big uh-oh. And then later on, we see, as I mentioned earlier, the numbers, these giant creatures that are, I guess, ogres, as you mentioned, from the Onigashima. Right, or I, think, else. I think they're, they're metaphorically the ogres here. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if they were giants or not, but they seemed very shadowy almost, so I'm like, probably not the actual giants. They call them numbers, they didn't call them giants, so they might be someone new. There's clearly still some secret to them, because they yeah, haven't shown them us. Yeah, they haven't shown their faces. We just know their, uh, their figures, basically. Yeah, they're uh, enormous. Yeah, exactly. And so they get the bolster the numbers, they find another samurai, and yeah, then Luffy broke out with the help of uh Hio. So Oh, and Chopper. I guess Chopper helped too. He helped <laughs> Luffy not die. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Chopper's important, but it's so small. It's not as flashy when those moments yeah. happen. It's a shame. It's it's been a while since Chopper had like a really big moment. He he could. It it could be any moment, but it definitely seems like, like if anyone the last recent thing he did that I really liked, which I think I mentioned it because it was Whole Cake Island, we said, when he was like, man, like, we can't stop her, but I'm just going to drag her into the sea with me. I thought that was badass when mm-hmm. he was trying to stop Big Mom. But then, like, he yeah. gets little moments, but nothing like, you know, nothing crazy lately. Nothing like Brooke or Nami from the last arc, unfortunately. Or, hell, even Carrot. I, I honestly still forget Carrot exists, I'll be honest. <laughs> but even then, Carrot had a bigger moment than Chopper last arc, right. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we'll see if Chopper comes in in Act 3. And especially because, you know, we're dealing with someone named Quake, Queen the Plague, and he probably has other officers, so he could be an easy counter to them. Uh, we do, so back at the Flower Capital now, and again, we're jumping around chronologically, but I just want to focus, like, you know, the opening with the Flower Capital prison, and now we're getting to the conclusion of the Flower Capital, where we get the bathhouse scene, you know, we get the happiness punch return, we're all happy. Uh, Sanji was there. Uh, he gets. Of course. Of course he was. He does get some intel, right? Probably because he was waiting for a good scene. But he did he overhear some intel. Of course he did. Um, but we do learn that Orochi... No, yeah, we learned about the... This is, yeah, this is when we learn about Orochi cracking down on people with the symbol. Um, I would say there would, be a, there would have been a small forgiveness to the scene if they brought back a, one of my favorite jokes back from Drum Island. Where at the end of this, remember how Sanji's beaten up so much by Nami that you can't recognize his face? except yeah. for his eyebrow. I was really hoping there'd be like an updated version where Usopp's doing it to Sanji, where he's like, who the hell is that? And then you get the dramatic zoom in on the eyebrow, like three like panels. Zoro like Zoro did to... Yeah, to yeah. Usopp, yeah. So I was like, that would have been for, great. That would have been a callback to that. But unfortunately, no. And I'm just like, again, just these weird moments. But hey, we got Happiness Punch returning, so that's cool. Um, So even more people in debt. Uh, we also get to see uh, this. We also see uh, this character named uh, Giyukamaru. Uh, that, as of right now, he's known as Giyukamaru, I think. He's a mm-hmm. thief. He steals uh, almost off screen, actually. He, st- he steals uh, Shusui from Zoro. They have like this like cinematic clash on the bridge. It's all full of snow. Um, but then we get, you know, I know we're jumping around again, right? Because Killer was there. He interrupts the fight. He d- yeah. gets a blow to Zoro. Um, but this is how Zoro uh, meets uh, Kamurasaki, or better known, Hiyori, the actual sister of Momonosuke. 
she treats Zoro's wounds. And we get the side plot where Zoro is trying to get that sword back. But it's a little kind of an odd story, right? Because we learn that Gyukamaru is doing a noble cause. He's actually gathering the swords of all the fallen samurai and burying them, you know, or keeping them stashed in a, in a, uh, in a yeah, underground like in a kind of a cave that he, he dug. Yeah. Or found. So, or, oh. yeah. But originally, Gyukamaru originally, um, What's the actual... I, I don't want to say Okami. <laughs> I don't want to say Okami. Uh, what's the actual name we learned? Because he's a spiritual fox. He's actually. a Kitsune. A Kitsume? Is that his name? He's a... Oh, his name... Oh, shoot. Onomaru. Onomaru. Yes, yes, Onomaru. Yeah, I wanted to say Okami, but <laughs> it's not Okami. That's the PS2 game. That's the PS2 version. Uh, he's actually Onomaru, spiritual Kitsune. Um best boy right i have a i'm a sucker for foxes dogs like any like loyal companion animal uh so he you know we every arc we have to have a loyal companion and right away oh and also just as a i guess specification they did he's not actually kitsune right he's some kind of other itsune oh right okay yeah technical technical differences right between so that is groups. i guess that is important okay yeah i just called him the spiritual fox um yeah because he has a very great, like, artistic design where, again, like, it's, like, classical uh, Japanese art. Um, he, we learned that the flashbacks were, were Hiyori. She ran away from uh, Kawamatsu, right? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Kawamatsu. Uh, because she didn't want him giving her all his food, and she felt bad and ran away, and then she, you know, rose up in the ranks as an Oiren. Um, and then we get that side story where... Kalamatsu is having this fight with, uh, shoot, sorry, I keep wanting to say Okami, Onomaru, with uh, Onomaru, and because Onomaru originally was like Sif from Dark Souls, he was guarding the graves of all the samurais, but Kalamatsu was unfortunately going like, I'm, we're desperate, we need swords, we need weapons, I know I'm doing a horrible act, but I, we're desperate, like, I don't have a blacksmith to help me out create these, I don't have the resources, I just need to take these weapons. They have a clash at first, but eventually Onomaru senses, right, the the actual genuine genuine tone that he's displaying, right? Like, oh, this person is desperate. He's not meaning to defile these graves. He's doing a noble cause. So I will allow this, right? And they start collecting weapons together. They start attacking bandits, right, that aren't grave robbing, but they're preserving the weapons in a syrup area. And yeah. then by the end, Kawamatsu, right, he does go back to the stash, the area, and he finds all the weapons that he and Onomaru collected. And then we get that great scene where we get the reveal that, you know, the thief was in fact Onomaru. And he just walks away. And I'm just like, don't walk away, please. Yeah. <laughs> Go, back. <laughs> Go back, dude. I need my Sif. I need my Okami, please. I swear to God, if, we, if he's not like the Karu of this arc, I'm going to flip a table, dude. Because <laughs> we need an animal companion. And he's hey, that, best boy. I mean, that's a very high bar you're, you're throwing out there. It's out of nowhere. I have a bias for, like I said, dogs, foxes. You know what? I, he, he, might, he has a little bonus points. He can make it. He could. It's possible. As of right now, it is higher tier with what he did, right? He did the thing. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So that's what they got the weapons, right? They got the manpower. Then they get their weapons. Um, unfortunately, though, they lost their element of surprise, right? So what happens is, unfortunately, a horrible series of events in the Flower Capital where, as we mentioned earlier, um, 
we find out the character's name, the real name, Yasui. Uh, Yasui? You said there's a word right. to pronounce it. His original name was, we thought his name was Tono Yasu, right? But his yeah. name Yasuie. Yeah, Yasuie. Okay, yeah, Yasuie. Um, Heath Orochi thought Yasuie was the Man, Robin Hood there's a Hood lot of figure. aliases. I just realized how many aliases are in this. Song. That's why like, I'm having everyone's a hard time remembering name. names. <laughs> I'm having a hard time remembering names. I'm, I, I think I'm doing okay, except for the Kamaso part. <laughs> Dude, like half of the introduced main cast is using a fake name, like at first. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I'm it's trying insane. to figure out, yeah, I'm trying to filter out, like, what are the wrong names? Okay, what are the names I can just toss out now, right? So, Yasuye, um, Orochi thought he was, uh, I don't think he thought he was a Robin Hood figure, but he did think he was someone else, right? He didn't arrest Yasuye for being Yasuye, an old ally to Odin. He arrested him for being someone else, right? Because, you know, he yeah. just thinks, okay, he's, he, where he's getting all this money, right? He's clearly a thief. And it's like, no, it's actually because he got it from his daughter, but, you know, because he's a fucking... Orochi, he didn't bother actually interrogating him. So we get this horrific scene where Yasuye, he's still smiling, he's still, you know, he's still being happy, yet he's being crucified. He's on this super tall wooden pole that's taller, that's as tall as the, I don't know, almost as tall as the, the, the main, the building behind him. Not that the main tower, right? Not the main one that has like the arched tree in the background, not that building, but like the main courtyard building. It's incredibly tall for the entire town to see. And we actually get this great moment because, again, they lost their element of surprise. And Yasuye is revealed like, no, I'm not who you think I am, but I am this old friend of Oden. And we see the backstory, right, of like oh, uh, Yasuye. He was not at all like the happy person we see him now. He was like kind of like a colder person. He seemed more practical, more pragmatic, where Oden was, you know, a bit more ambitious and... But Yasuye was always an ally from the past. He was always helping out the people when they were poor or when they were captured. He would give them like money, right, or food to get, and get the hell out of here, right? But we still don't know what happened in between then and now to make him like this overly joyous person, even when he's about to die. And he goes, I'll be honest, he goes out like a fucking boss, where he goes like, oh, like Orochi, your shogun, he's sludge, he's greed, he's nothing. I did that symbol thing as a fucking joke. That guy is st- stupid and paranoid, and you're all idiots for believing him. Like, he's actually doing such a great cause for the Alliance because they're going, oh, he's actually helping us out by making people think that, oh, because, yeah, we know this guy's paranoid. He just fell for a joke. He fell for a prank. What an idiot. So now the Alliance now has a new way of sending out their messages, their codes, right, of what to do next. But it's through this horrible sacrificial scene. But again, He's owning up to it like a boss, even though he's being crucified, and he has like the, the firing squad from below about to aim at him, and he decides, I think I'm gonna go out singing, right? I know I'm gonna die, and there's you know Toko is trying to get to her father, she's smiling oddly enough, but you see the tears, and he gets executed while he's singing, and we get this heartbreaking scene that's also confusing at the same time. Because everyone from Ibisu is laughing. They're, like, on their knees. They're rolling on the floor laughing. And I'm so fucking confused. And even more confused than the people who are there, like Zoro. Because they're, they, they're getting offended, right? Like, how, what the fuck are you doing? And then Hiyori confuses me even more by going, I'm going to give you an exposition dump right now in this emotional moment. I'm thinking, 
who the fuck would do this? <laughs> As a, like structure wise, uh, uh, like uh, like this is my thought process at the moment, right? Yeah. Who the fuck in this structure would decide during this emotional moment where the reader is so confused? I'm gonna give you a massive exposition dump right after the death of the side character, and I'm thinking, who would do that? Like Oda, what the fuck are you doing? And then you actually get the exposition, and then the everything starts clicking one after another of oh, Orochi force fed uh these people in Ibisu village these leftover smile fruit that were failures because we learned that it's a nine in ten chance for it to be faulty fruit, a one in ten chance for to get your actual, you know, your beast pirates, right? Your your um you're very incredibly strong pirates with beast-like powers, um, but you don't have the same cons as your normal devil fruit, right? There's a possibility they can still swim, right? Um, True. Sure. There's a possibility. But he force-fed that village because they were so poor and so hungry and they were annoying him that he force-fed them so that they were just smiling the whole time. And then everything, like I said, it was clicking. And I'm like, holy shit. Orochi was basically feeding him a worst version of like the Joker's laughing gas from the Batman animated series. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Where the, the writers were trying to find a way to get over the censorship of, we can't have Joker killing people in our cartoon for kids. So let's develop this very horrific, torturous way where people are smiling and laughing to, you know, to no extent. And they ended up making a way that was actually worse than death. Cause it was torture. Right. And, and this way, it was so similar, and I'm just thinking, oh, Orochi, you just climbed up to my shit list, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. More. He is a real piece of shit. So, yeah, because then we get, you know, we, then we get, uh, where we get flashback to the modern, uh, modern time, and we're seeing these people rolling on the floor laughing because every single emotional uh, response that's, uh, you know, in an extreme is replaced with laughter. So when these people are rolling on the floor dying of laughter, they're supposed to be like having their hearts broken and crying. Even the daughter, who is literally over the body of her father in a horrific scene of irony, like horrible irony, she's trying to use that toad oil that Usopp was selling earlier to heal him. And I'm just like, going, oh no. That, that part hurts so bad. And I'm just thinking, oh my God. It just kind people... of makes you close your eyes and, and do that really deep sigh like you poor, sweet, innocent child. Oh, and then Usopp sees it too. And I'm just like, oh, he feels it too. It was like, it was a, it was a disguise. It wasn't meant to be like this. And then, so obviously, you know, Law is trying their, his best, right, to keep everyone under, under wraps. But when shit like this happens, you look at each other and you go, throw down? Throw down. We're throwing down, right? And then the courtyard just erupts into violence, right? The Straw Hats are taking their anger out. They're trying to get the body. Their people are getting thrown down. You get that great scene where Frankie's, like, deflecting bullets. They don't know he's a cyborg. You get that the shadowy shot. with Sanji and Zoro. Yep. And you get that shadowy shot where, like, you see, like, uh, half of Frankie's face looks like the Terminator because he's like you know in, in the shadow of his eye and he's like how is the how are, why are our bullets not doing anything and you just see that Terminator side and they're just like yeah he's a cyborg sorry I'm a bias for cyborgs of course um, Zoro and Sanji do everything they can to fight off some of the officers and like we said uh, you get that clash Zoro had with uh, what we think is the Ninth Red Scabbard and he's like oh he's holding his own what the heck I didn't expect him to be this good 
Um, because, you know, they're in their anger mode. They're just letting it all out. But at the end of the day, despite how horrific and tragic the whole thing is, uh, Yasuye did a great thing. He bought, he, added, he helped them regain that element of surprise. And not only that, he demoralized all the basic troops under Orochi. Because the prison guards that were guarding like, the people they just captured, like Law's crew and the young guys, they are like, so why are we still here? We just know those are praying. And it's like, ah, Orochi's being paranoid. And so that tells me they're not going to be taking their job seriously. They'll be much easier to be broken into, right? And broken out. So oh, yeah. I'm like, Yasuya, MVP of this act. This guy that I thought was as annoying or as suspicious looking as Tingle from Legend of Zelda. And he ended up being like Tingle, but better because he gives you the tools needed to beat the game. <laughs> <laughs> Turns so into a true like, homie. Yep. So I'm just <laughs> like, God damn it. My, my judgment has been wrong. Oh, no, you got me. Um, yeah, so we had that tragic scene happening at there, the, that throwdown going down. I'm trying to remember if there's any other... We were jumping around earlier, sorry, so I'm just trying yeah, to find yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, 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 because we kind of jumped, like we're going around in plot lines, but yeah. I know the real end, it is right about... Act 2 ends right around the time <laughs> Kawamatsu finds the swords, right? It's like right after that that yeah. we see the... The big mom and Kaido thing, which happens. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. So there are two, there are a few more things. Okay, I found my notes. Okay, thank you. So we have this very suspicious scene where Law is interrogating Hawkins, right? It looked like Hawkins at first was tracking down Law for the majority of this act, and then Law got the upper hand on him, right? Right. So, Hawkins is bloodied, like up against the wall, and Law's yeah. got him. And we fucking called it. Well, I know you knew, but we fucking called it last episode where Hawkins is a survival guy. He doesn't care about alliances. He doesn't care about friends. He joined Kaido because was, he was more likely to survive if he joined Kaido's group. He had like a, what, like a 48% chance or 52% chance if he joined and like a 0% chance if he didn't. So he just switched sides. Um, so that we learned that um, that was not a surprise, right? We learned that Apu, um, I wasn't sure. I think he was one of the, was he one of the officers to Hawkins or... We saw him earlier before. He he was his own. He's a supernova, just as a captain before. Okay, okay. So he was a super rookie. Um, yeah. He was with Kaido the whole time. He was in on it minute one. So immediately, oh, okay. Yeah, so we don't, a... like, definitely before they teamed up with him. He, Kaido, yeah. Wapu was with Kaido. Okay, yeah, that's true. So he could have joined somewhere in between that time skip, right? Right. It could have been joined. earlier, though. It could have even been before we met him at all. We don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that, no. Like, Apu came from Kaido's crew or, like, somewhere within his group. And then, um... The then only he... reason I, I tend to think that's not true is because I feel like they wouldn't have called him a captain at the time of Shibondi if he was actually just under Kaido. That is... That's possibly true, but I just thought, again, I just thought he was a really good spy and agent for an emperor, you know? You can still be a captain mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. still serve an it's, emperor. It, and overall, that's, that's kind of irrelevant, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we do learn that Apu is an insider for the emperor. Um, but the weirdest thing is Hawkins kind of does this like foreshadowing line where he's like, when your back is against the wall and your life is in danger, are you also going to throw your life to protect your alliance? Or are you going to be like me and survive? And I made me go, that's kind of true. Law has been, we, I always joke around that Law and Luffy had like a Dante Virgil relationship, but very much like Dante and Virgil, Virgil and Dante always fight. <laughs> Actual fight and try to kill each other. So there's a possibility that Law, in fact, will, if Kaido is defeated or if he thinks that they have no chance, he will turn to coat and run. 
and get out of there. I don't think he'll join Kaido because he knows yeah, he will never let me and I try to kill him. Um, even if, you know, he's like, you know, Genghis Khan where he just invites anyone who's strong into his crew. Um, but they have that foreshadowing event where Locke could be a turncoat at some point. And on top of that, when he's leaving where he left Hawkins, there's a figure we don't know who he is. And Locke just goes, I'm guessing it's part of your plan to let me go or to pretend I wasn't here. Either way, I'm going. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> what's this insider shit going on? So, I mean, this could be that, you know, like, again, Law does have a plan that involves turn coding, or maybe it's a double agent thing where he's pretending it's that. It could be a red herring that o Oda is throwing at us. Maybe that was just a spy, right? Maybe that was just the last ninth scabbard that was just there, but Law already right. probably sensed he was a good guy. We don't know. Because as much as I like Law as a character, he's never fully uh, committed to be an actual friend like of the Straw Hats. Yeah, he's a temporary ally, and he's constantly reminding us, right? I'm not a friend. I'm an ally for this alliance, right? For the deal. For the deal. I'm not your friend, as much as Luffy wants to try and win him over. But Law is a more, you know, he's a deeper character. He's not like someone who's like, oh, you're going to yeah. give me a good speech. I'm going to be swayed into it. Law's like, yeah, no, Law, I, I have Law's no not necessarily just gonna completely agree. Like, you know what? Yeah, I'll help you go become the pirate king. You do your thing. Like, just yeah, he wants to be a pirate king. Teamed up with him <laughs> once, right? Once, yeah. Once we take care of Kaido and we have the power gap, we are enemies again, and we're gonna compete for that uh, for the pirate king title, or you know, for the treasure for the One Piece. So we'll have to see where that goes. Um, we also get the confirmation that Zoro is not gonna get Shisui back on a deal, right? It takes a while, right? Because Zoro is very passionate about his swords. And obviously, because Shusui was the newest one he got, and that was the one he actually defeated the old... Uh, yeah, the previous uh, owner of. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 rightfully his sword, honestly. Yeah, but of course, they don't know that. And people think, oh, that's silly. You can't explain Moria's power exactly. Right. By, verb, by words alone. But instead, they offer him a better sword. I think it's a better sword anyway. It's definitely more dangerous. Where... Uh, Momonosuke and Hiori both get their swords from uh, from their father or from their family blacksmith, I forget which, but her sword is Enma, and apparently it is a hockey-sucking machine because as soon as Zoro wields that sword, his arm is almost gone. Like, it's worse than malnourished. It's just shrunk, and he literally has to fight the sword like it's sentient. Because he always treated his swords like they were alive, but I always thought it was like a swordsman thing, right? Where I'm like, he knows, we don't. We're, we're casuals. He's the expert. But in this case, we literally saw yeah, the this, sword Yeah, this sword literally has a, some kind of will, right? Like, it has a, mm -hmm. like, something's going on there. It's definitely more than just your standard sword with a historic presence to it. So, and he does manage to somewhat control it. And it gives him enough power to, you know, cut through the cliffside. Um, we'll see how he struggles to... Uh, master that because I do like that where he always gets a new sword and he always has like a little couple of pages where he's like trying to struggle to control the quote unquote sword's power and I'm you know in his own way where I think it was Shusui right the one that was hungry or something like that where like you're, I gotta control your cutting power because you always want to cut more I think it was Shusui or like his or the cursed sword he got from uh that was that was Enma, the one that, when, he, when he slept oh wait earlier I'm talking about earlier where again it was, it's only a few pages but I do like this little tidbit where he's cutting through people or, uh, you know, fighting through people. And he's going like, man, I really got to 
like I literally have control you. Like you just want to keep cutting everything. You keep wanting to cut when I don't right. want you to cut. That's I think true. I think that was the cursed sword because I think that was during I think his it was. Uh, mm-hmm. his uh, moment with the 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 mercenaries at Whiskey Peak. What a great sequence that was. I think um, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, but like we said, this is the first time Enma is shown or sword is shown to actually have like sentience or or at the very least like spiritual properties where right. you you physically see the drain it has on you if you're not controlling it. Um and I think they also mentioned that Enma was wielded by Odin. It was the only sword to ever wound Kaido. Right? Ooh. The only thing ever to wound him. So that's a pretty big fucking deal. Yeah, so and like, we we do also know that it's a a supreme, I think is the correct term, like a supreme grade sword, which is just like one of the, one, one, one step below Mihawk, so yeah. So, which is weird because I I didn't see that sword drain Mihawk's energy, but then again, Mihawk is Well, Mihawk has master. That's his he, it's his <laughs> yeah. sword, you know, he is the yeah. master of that sword. I think it's the difference. Yeah. Like then, I don't think I don't think this would have happened to Odin, right? Cuz yeah. it's his sword. Is it, yeah, the implication. I like to I actually like to imagine that now that they bring that up. I like to imagine if someone actually tried to wield Mihawk's sword somehow, they would just be sucked into like into nothing. It's like a black hole. Oh yeah, no, I, I think it would actually like up. it would do what Enma did to to the whole body if someone else yeah. like a weak and, swordsman tried to wield Yoru. Yeah, like someone like actually sneaks in on Mihawk sleeping. Like obviously he it wouldn't happen. <laughs> hypothetic, to steal the sword, hypothetically, yeah. yeah, hypothetically, and then they take this. They try to take it, but as soon as they hit, they hold the the handle. Their entire, they just get sucked up and dry away, and then Mihawk like wakes up and he just sees like a pair of sneakers, and he goes, Where, that, "That's those? my head cannon. <laughs> who are those?" <laughs> just does his own, his does carries out his day. Like, um, damn sword thief just swipes the shoes away and he, gets yeah, back he, to but it. he but he doesn't even think damn sword thief. He just goes, "Oh, that's another one. <laughs> that's another one." And then you just see him throw the sneakers like a bunch of other shoes that he's been collecting. <laughs> it's just like, well, just idiots trying to take my sword. Um, but the final tidbit we see. That wrap up, right? That's been as the Straw Hats yeah. all gather. What, what's gather the together cliffhanger? Again. What's the closing of Act the, Two? So the closing is we see eight of the nine scabbards, right? They're all prepped up and ready. Zoro explains the seven, seven, seven or of the nine scabbards, seven of the nine. Right, 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 right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's right. The um, sorry, Cat Viper is still on the other island. Um, seven. Oh of the nine. wait, sorry. No, it's seven and nine. Make, that would make six, right? Because one of them, Cat- one of them, just not on the island, right? That's Cat Viper. Yeah, and then the other guy, we just we kind of concluded that it's most likely that spy, right? Okay, yeah, it, might be, it might be seven. Yeah, you're right. So seven and the nine, yeah. Um, but they're like getting ready, right? It's the night before. They change the location of the raid, right? Of the of the plan to meet. Unfortunately, Orochi also got this update because we still don't know who the spy is within the Luffy Alliance. And it's almost implied, right, because of that last scene we talked about with Law, that it might be Law. I think that's a red herring. It's not actually him. But at the same time, he's kind of like Robin when she first joined the Straw Hats, where I'm like, what is the ulterior motive here? Is it just that you're just being clear that you're just a temporary ally and you're going to be an enemy in the future? Or is there something else going on, right? Like another layer. Kind of like a Robin, where we know she wants to read all the Poneglyphs, but is there something else going on? And we find out that, yeah, she was with CP9. Against her will, but she was with CP9. So, we don't know the deal with Law exactly. So, I think that's a red herring. I don't think Law is the spy for Orochi. It could be tragic. I will. I will say, you can figure it out at this point. You there's, can there's, there's, there's point. evidence. Okay. Okay. Um, I was going to say, it would be tragic if it was someone in Law's crew. 
Like, I don't Ooh. think... I don't think... Um, I don't think it would be his first mate. I But it could be someone of his crew. Kind of like how Whitebeard, right? Where even he, despite his fatherly figure, he still had the one traitor, right? That tried to stab him, right? During uh, the Marine Ford. Not everyone is perfect, right? You can't have the entire crew being un unbreakable. Hell, there's even a tease that it's actually a, a very nonchalant, kickback, great scene between Nami and Usopp where they both admit, if I'm captured, I'm breaking in three seconds. I'm going to spoil everything. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I, I can't hold it together. They, and they both openly admit that to each other. They try to give each other shit for it, but they're also admitting, like, no, I'm just going to be leaving. <laughs> no, I, I'm just going to be admitting everything. So that tells me, no, there's probably someone amongst Lost Crew. Or, hell, maybe even amongst the Alliance. Maybe uh, one of the samurai that joined, maybe they are an actual spy. Who knows? Um, but either way, it's all 45 chapters of a setup to an act that's still ongoing <laughs> today. So I guess not even in short time, it'll be with some time, because if I ever recall, that arc is still not quite close to being done. So we'll see. I think it's close. Okay, that gives me some hope, because when we first started this podcast, we were in Act 3 of Wano, correct? If, if I were a betting man... I would bet it's going to end this coming year. Wano. In all in 2022. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would bet that it's going to end at some point in 2022. That's so in other words, I guess that's like saying, no, like, actually, wait, dang. That's only going to get like 35 chapters a year. So no, maybe I was gonna... not. <laughs> maybe yeah. 2023. God damn it. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd, I could see it ending in about 40 to 50 chapters. So maybe it is about two years-ish. Okay. So that does actually serve as a good uh, segue because the closing thoughts of the arc, right? It's a, it's a long setup for something that's definitely big. You don't spend 45 chapters for a setup unless you have something huge planned. We have Big Mom. We have Kaido. We have the numbers. We have their crews. Big They're Mom still, and Kaido? Bruh. We, and we still have the possibility because remember in the pre-chapters during this time period, uh, we see, like, hey, to remind us, hey, the Straw Hat fleet, this is what they're doing. They could be allies they call in too, but we don't know how useful the ships will be from the ocean because Kaido can do far range fire blasts and just blow them up to hell if he wanted to. Well, I mean, if we're we thinking the Grand Fleet's coming in, I think a lot of those people are going to be a lot more useful off the ships. <laughs> but, but that's my point is can they even get off the ships in time? Because Wano right. has unforgiving waters and you have Kaido himself if he's fully alert, right? Right. Or, you know, you'd even think King. they would kind of need to be here at this point. Yeah. So, but then again, Act 3 is super long. So that tells me there's enough time. They have yeah. it, so maybe they can get a call out with their, oh, we didn't even mention that. The stupid smart snails <laughs> that Wano has. Oh, little mini. Yeah, like smartphones, but they're smart snails and they're just like skinny snails. And they're just there, like. There was a name for them. I forgot what it was called, though. It's like I, Meshi, I, Mushies or something. I think they actually call them smart snails in my uh, version. In my yeah, version, wow. I that's good. That's good. I, yeah, like a smartphone. So I'm just like, okay. But that's why they're able to uh, prevent the prison from calling out a distress call until they wanted to because they're able to take out the, the, the tower of the smart sails because, hey, it's not a snail where it's one snail to another, direct to line. It's, hey, you need a, a telecommunications tower. The snail tower. to the big daddy snail, which then relays to the other snails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Wano. Um, here's, our, here's our snail phones, our snail pictures, our snail TVs. We got it all. Oh, of course, absolutely. So, unfortunately, though, with our current format, 
I thought, and I think Justin, you agree with this, it wouldn't be best for us to talk about Act 3 up to this point until it's actually finished, because we don't know what will actually happen in those last chapters if we decide to talk about up to this point, right? If, if I catch yeah. up, because as of right this minute, I'm not caught up with One Piece. I have completed only Act 2. However, after this recording, I will have full permission to finally catch up, finally. However, to keep you guys in the waiting, we won't be talking about it until it's finished. Until then, we got some ideas. Uh, I'd say that's... I, th- I think we might end up talking about it before it finishes, I'm going to be real honest with you. Is there a certain point that you think? Because I... I hmm. There's a lot to discuss, as you could, saw, as you could tell, just there by listening is. to us. But there's, there's also much more, much more One Piece content to be had as we, we discuss more stuff in the future. And, so yep, maybe, and maybe we'll finish before we get to it. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? So in 2022, um, did you want to mention the first thing we're doing in 2020? All right. So in 2022, uh, with every great writer, right, you got to start somewhere. Like we mentioned how Zoro had like the, the weakest backstory because, hey, you got to start somewhere. But even before that, you got to start somewhere, right? You don't just start making magic right away. You got to practice, right? You got to have some other drafts. You got to have even earlier versions of One Piece before they're even finished. Yes. So Justin here brought to my attention of two uncompleted pilots that have one actually has a direct connection to One Piece now, uh, thanks to um, Thriller Bark, right? Thanks to the yeah, Samurai confirmed, character. Confirmed that. canon by Thriller Bark. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, I think, unfinished, right? Or is it short? Or is it both? No, uh, it's it's finished. Monsters is like a it's like a one shot, but it's a full like little story. Okay, okay. I was I was worried that it was like a like a unfinished pilot, you know? No, no, no. Okay. So, but however, we also know it's kind of short for one episode. So we're also going to throw in the other one that's definitely like a pre-pilot to One Piece, and that's Romance Dawn. Right. It's, uh, that's his actual name. And see where the ideas of Oda originally had when he first started. What's the differences between that and what we actually did get in tone, in presentation? And I'm going to say one thing also. So what I was saying, I, we're going to discuss some of Wano, I feel, when we end up talking about monsters. Because oh. it's relevant. Oh, okay. So so I, I would say, for those of you that are planning on just, if you're going to watch that episode right away, because it's kind of a special, I would say, but we're going to do that. I think that's going to be our very next episode, right? The first 2022, as Jacob said. Uh-huh. But probably you want to be caught up with One Piece before okay. watching that next one. Yeah, so that's actually a good thing, too, because I feel that t- once we start going to our future episodes that we have planned, I'm going to be throwing out some references to up-to-date One Piece parts at yeah. that point, because I'll be fully caught up. I would so, say going forward from this episode, you probably want to be caught up with One Piece. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, what a man! Never thought I'd get it. Right. I mean, I knew I would eventually, but I never thought it would feel like it was so soon. Exactly. It, I, that's how I feel too. Where it's like I didn't think because I knew it was a thousand plus chapters, but I didn't think I'd be catching up catching up this soon. At the same time, it's been a full year, more than a year, but I'm still going. That's still earlier than I thought because it's considering how we talk about our episodes. So it's actually great that I get to finally have permission to finally fucking catch up so for our next episode we will be talking and discussing uh monsters and romance dawn connecting them to early one piece as well as as justin mentioned that i didn't know about to current one piece so we'll see how that goes off and then after that should we say after that too or we're we gonna say that for after that yeah episode? we'll say it we'll say that next week keep all right gotta right. keep them on your toes you know yeah 
And so anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening for this whole run through the whole ride. Now that we're about to catch up, we really appreciate it. Also in 2022 coming forward, we're now getting Spotify reviews. So if oh. any of y'all listen on Spotify, which I oh. know you are, please, uh, please drop some ratings. Ratings, I, I know guess, that. not reviews, but very important. But yeah, it's supposed to be rolling out within the next couple of days, honestly. So if you guys happen to see that when you click on our episodes and you wanted to give us a rating, we'd really, really appreciate that. And it helps us out quite a lot. Oh, absolutely. And if you, uh, and since I will be caught up soon, like by the time the episode actually airs, I think I'll actually be caught up. Actually, I don't know. How, wait, I think so. Hang on. I, I don't think it's gonna. This will probably be like a like a New Year's event. So happy New Year's, everyone. Twenty twenty two. Oh, actually, that's a good idea. So by that point, I'll most likely be caught up. Um, if you guys usually will say this for you, Justin, but then then for me, if you want to share with me your hottest and latest <laughs> One Piece memes, uh, yeah. you can share it with me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J A C O B M E R E N D A. For I will be caught up, and I will finally be like Captain America and be like. I get that reference. What about you, Justin? Where can I find you at? Now there's actually value in following me for One Piece stuff because I can freely <laughs> post without worrying. And it's at Jitsu at Twitter. So expect more stuff coming from me after Jacob. Oh, and I can uncensor my timeline too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be good. A side tidbit. Throughout the recording of this whole year of catching up with One Piece, when I first started, I'm told, you know, and I agree with, censor these words, these key terms, right? And as you go on, you might want to add these terms. Okay. And then halfway through, we get like, okay, you can probably uncensor it at this point. Um, and then, or at least take off these few terms so that we can, because there was a, actually a problem where people were commenting on our, uh, on our post and I wasn't able to actually see them because they're using words that I censored. Right. So I actually had to pull them back so I can see your guys' feedback. And then I think a few weeks ago, you were like, yeah, you should probably re-add those censored terms. <laughs> yeah. So I know shit's going down currently in One Piece, so I can't wait to fucking catch up and be in the know. And then, of course, to also read and cover Monsters and Romance Dawn, get fully deeper into the One Piece expand universe. Yeah, so there you go. So next week, or next episode, most likely next week, Monsters romance dawn coming at you guys and we'll look forward to seeing you then bye bye